Welcome to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast. We are always ready, always there. This podcast series is a production of the State Public Affairs Office. Hello, I'm Tech Sergeant Charles Johnson with New Hampshire National Guard Public Affairs, and I'm here today with First Sergeant Eddie Clements the New Hampshire National Guard Marathon Team Coordinator and the First Sergeant of the 195th Regional Training Institute. Thanks for joining me today, First Sergeant Clements. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fast Eddie. Yeah. That's what, that's what everyone calls you uh, around these parts. Uh, Funny enough, that was my nickname as a kid. Fast Eddie? Yeah. Was there a running correlation? I just, I've always been a runner, so I, there, I'm sure there was something, but... You've been the marathon team coordinator for how long? Been the marathon coordinator for the, about the past two years. Uh, I took over from uh, Captain Ray Youngs. He was he was the coordinator when I first started running marathons for the for the marathon team. And you're a member of the National Guard marathon team. I am. Uh, they they go by a couple different names. Uh, I, I think that the National Guard Marathon team is probably the most appropriate because it used to be All Guard Marathon team. Uh, the problem with that is the air funding has not been there in recent years, and so really it's it's been Army National Guard. But we we are the National Guard Marathon team. Air Force can go. Uh, the funding piece just needs to be figured out at some point. Uh, each wing can de- determine if they're going to send people or not, but it's just it's not centrally funded like it is for the Army. So despite the fact that there's no funding right now until they work that out for airmen, they're still free to participate if they can figure out a way to get themselves to these events. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I know we have some fast airmen out there. I've, I've been told about quite a few of them, uh, and I really wish that I could pay for them to go, but unfortunately right now I'd, I, I don't have a way for it to for them to go and for them to get paid. This is all 50 states and and US territories and is that correct and they you guys and gals you you compete all across the country. So everybody every uh US state and territory can send folks um they have to meet the qualifications um for NGB to to pay for them um in order to go but yes they I, I won't say every state or territory is represented because some states may be small, may, may not have a coordinator, or maybe they were air and their program has just not taken off or the the program is not there because it was an air airman or someone on the air side in charge and they just can't they can't get the program off the ground for the for the army or um for anything in their national guard so yeah, unfortunately, it's not as well represented as we would like, but it's we're we're well represented here in New Hampshire. Uh, I was there to to observe you and your team compete in Nebraska for the time trials uh, this past spring, and you made the team for what was it? Your second time? Was it your third time making the team? Uh, that was my fourth consecutive team. Uh, so I. The first time I ran um, Lincoln was in 2018. Uh, I learned about it after after I qualified for Boston in 2017 at the Bay State Marathon. 
Um, I kind of got interested in running marathons while I was deployed. A good friend of mine, Rhonda Hodge, uh, was running the Boston Marathon, and I was able to follow her on an app on my phone. And I was like, you know, if she can run a marathon, like, what's going to stop me from running one? Why can't I just get off my rear end and do it? Um, so I started asking some questions, and when I deployed in um, 2015, 2015 to the UAE, I decided that I was going to run a marathon there, no matter what it was. Before we even left, I, I decided that was it. I was going to I was going to run a marathon. So I put together a marathon while we were over there, uh, myself. Sergeant Pollard, uh, Lieutenant Hosfeld at the time, was he was there. He helped out, but uh, there was a lot of soldiers within the 744 that really helped make that um, make that happen. And I had some volunteers that that came out and just with water stops and um, the cooks making us pasta the night before. Like it really just kind of came together. I was the race director, but also we had some international um, guys come out, and uh, I want to say, I can't remember where the guy was from, I don't, I don't remember if he was Australian or, or British or what, but we had we had someone from another country as well, so we we ran the marathon, uh, it was not pretty. How, I means. imagine it was pretty hot too. So we, we started, I want to say it was like three or four o'clock in the morning because we knew it was going to get so hot. Um, and there was 12, 12 people, 12 soldiers that started and six finished. So it was a, it was a pretty significant undertaking. And I, I think at the time I really didn't understand what training for a marathon looked like. So that it really kind of got to me. My, my first race was, uh, I ran it in four hours, 28 minutes, and 35 seconds, which, quick math, uh, is about a 10, 15 uh, average pace. So I, I was not fast. Uh, I was hurt. Uh, I ran the last 10K with uh, Charlie Horse in my right leg, or my right, um, my right quad. It was painful, and... I did not enjoy it, but when I finished it, there was this sense of completion that just kind of overtook me, and it was a uh, it was an experience. Running this event, it's more than just mental and physical toughness; it's an art form. It's uh, it's you learn every event, and you and I, I remember in Nebraska, we talked about uh, some tactical mistakes that even you made at that event and that's you know how many marathons had you run to that point so can you speak to that about what it takes to to conquer that distance yeah so I, you 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 bring up a great point in that i still to this day make mistakes um i'm still learning i'm still a student of the game and i do everything i can now to try to minimize those mistakes but what I, what that first marathon taught me is that i thought that I could just do a few long runs, um, put in a few miles during the week, and I'd be okay. 
you know, I can handle it. I'm a soldier. I'm tough. I can, I can do it. Well, maybe I am, but I couldn't walk for a few days. So I really had to figure out what I was going to do. Cause I, you know, after that I decided, Hey, I really want to run Boston. You know, that's kind of every runner's goal, every marathoner's goal. Uh, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I mean, that's why they have the, a BQ, a, a Boston qualifying standard, you know, and, and that's what runners strive for is to, is to meet that. So I learned early on that, that the training that I did was not good enough. So I, I went and looked up a plan, you know, and I think it was the, the Furman Institute of running something, something, uh, first marathon training plan. And I was like, all right. I'll I'll go ahead and do this. And I looked at it and I'm like, I'm just doing the long runs. And and again, just doing the long runs wasn't enough. So I went from, hey, I'm doing some long runs to I'm gonna make sure that I do all the long runs. And that again was not great. I thought that, hey, I could do this and qualify for Boston. Well, that the the next my second marathon was the 2017 Boston Marathon. Uh, I got a bib as part of a returning deployer program. Uh, at the time, Colonel Freeman had some connections, and he said, hey, if you want to run, I, I might be able to, to do something for you. And, and he, he got me in, um, and I, I ended up running a 345 and change. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but well off the qualifying standard for Boston, which at the time for me was three hours and 10 minutes. And for those people who don't know, I mean, your average beginner marathon level is what, between four and four and a half hours, maybe five hours for yeah. your first one for 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 new runners? Well, it, it depends. You know, it all depends on your training. I know, I know guys who have gone out in their first marathon, they absolutely crush it um, because they put in the training. I thought that... I had the, enough talent that I I could just do it, you know, and I can suffer through it, but that's not that's not what I'm looking for anymore, you know. I can suffer through something, but I when I really want to do well, now I've uh, in the past year I've become a certified coach, so I'm writing training plans now for people. I understand what what it takes to to run a marathon, I understand what it takes to be competitive at the level that you want and what it takes to to put in the work. You know, I would say that with the with the first marathon I ran, I was probably doing 20 miles or less a week. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm running 20 miles a week. That's that's good, right? For for soldiers you look at that and you're like, wow, 20 miles a week. All we got to do is a PT test, two miles. Well, 20 miles is not a lot when you've got to run 26.2 in one day. Um, so, again, I've, I've gone back and forth and, like, I've gotten really good with my training plans. Uh, I've kind of dialed it in. So now my, my peak training weeks uh, are somewhere, somewhere between 70 and 80 miles. Uh, for for a training week, and that includes uh, a lot of speed work, uh, some some longer runs, 
Um, some heart rate runs where I keep my heart rate down and just kind of long, slow distance or just building my base, you know, with a, with low heart rate. Last I checked with you, you had a streak going. It was pretty impressive that entailed uh, you running outside at least once a day for X number of years. And is that streak still going? And how long is it? It is still going. Um, it is outside at least a mile every day. In 2020, uh, I did five miles, at least five miles a day. And I've kind of kept up with that. I've dialed it back a little bit. Uh, so right now, if it's, I don't know, like three miles, I, I'm okay. If I, if I do a 5K and I'm not feeling well, I, and again, it's few and far between, usually it's at least five miles a day, even if I'm not feeling great. But like if I get sick or something, I, I'm injured, it can be three, three and a half miles, and, and that's it. But it's over five years now, and I just checked it the other day, and, and only because I went on the website. Um, and I want to say that it's 22,120 days. So that's very Cal Ripken-esque, uh, to use a baseball reference. And if I'm not mistaken, you actually have gone outside to keep the streak going on more than one occasion after an event during those periods that you could barely walk. Yes. So um, that's been really difficult sometimes, especially if, it, you know, if I'm sick or um, something like that. Or there was one day it snowed like three feet, and I ended up just snowblowing the driveway like almost all day because I had a small snowblower, so I was snowblowing all day. And at about 11 o'clock at night, I realized I hadn't run, and I was going to need to run. So I went out in jeans and my Timberland boots, and I just I went out and I, I did a mile around um, just the, the area around my house, a little small cul-de-sac area, and um, just, just ran for a mile, and, and that was it. To your other point, the the days that I can't really walk, uh, I did a I did a fifty miler, which ended up being fifty six miles. In uh, when was it? So I I did a fifty miler in July of twenty nineteen that ended up being a fifty six miler, and I just it was really really tough on my feet. And I got up the next day and I could barely walk. But I, before I went to the, to the airport, I went out and I got my mile in. It was not fast, um, but I didn't walk. That's that's one thing that I, kind I I don't want to say I pride myself on it, but like I I don't, I don't go out and just walk. I'll I'll go out and I and I get my feet moving. It might be a 10-minute pace or a 13-minute pace, but I just get my feet moving, and I just keep going. And I find a lot of times that when I don't feel good, when I get a mile in, I, I, can, I can go further. Now, for the 56-mile of the day after that, now that was one mile. That was one and done. 
It's a lot of walking through the airport that day too. So, so we spoke earlier about your uh, training and how it's evolved, and it's gone from you know twenty miles a week to you know you're now running at least once a day and fifty miles uh, at a whack sometimes. And uh, but as we discussed, it's an art form. There's some tricks of the trade that you, I think a lot of runners sometimes not only learn the hard way but have to relearn. Can you speak to some of those? Yes. So. You know, I think that over time, we we get to the point where we think we're doing things the right way, but we've been learning bad habits quite often. So that's where kind of coaching has come in, and um, I'm part of a the Greater Dairy Track Club, and our, our coach, Brandon Newbold, he has really helped me just kind of, hey, you know, you should, you should be doing a little bit more of this, or... Um, you know, just adjust it this way, you know, whether it's my stride, my stance, um, how I'm leaning, whatever it may be, like, we'll, we'll just talk little things. I also do a lot of my own little research, watch a lot of YouTube videos on, on running, things like that, things that are fun to me, but maybe not so much to other people. But I can watch people run now and say, well, I'm pretty sure I know why you have shin splints, you know, because you're heel striking. You know, you're, when your foot hits the ground, your, your, your heel hits and your foot's slapping down. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten to be a little bit better about that. I, I trained myself early on to start midfoot striking, and that was, uh, that was about the time Born to Run came out by Chris McDougall. And... Um, you know, it's just kind of doing my own little research, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I need to do a little bit more midfoot striking because this heel striking, it's it's hurting me. It's as you, if you think about heel striking this way, if your foot lands out in front of you and you're landing on your on your heel, you're kind of applying the brakes while you're trying to press the gas. You know, you're trying to push forward, but you're also trying to stop yourself. So, you know, that's just one of the little tricks that that I've learned um, breathing heart rate keeping your heart rate down like all these things that I kind of took for granted over time have really been more prevalent in in this training cycle or, or the the past couple of training cycles really so it's race day at any given marathon and uh, you're, you're standing at the line and you're ready to go and you have presumably this this whole background of, of training and uh, experience, and uh, and yet sometimes, as in Nebraska, there's a couple of things: uh, the weather, uh, for example, uh, or going out too fast. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> you went out a little hot. Uh, what what uh, can you speak to some of those things? And if and how fast was your first mile in Nebraska? It was pretty fast. So I I don't remember how fast my first mile was, but I think I think it was like six fifteen or something like that. But I told myself in Nebraska, hey, we're gonna go out at six fifty uh six forty five. Six forty five, that's it. You're not going any faster than that. And when I looked down at my watch and I was doing six fifteen, I was like, Ah oh, man, like I gotta slow down. I because I'm I'm gonna burn out. I'm I'm not going to make it to the end as fast as I want. So I take, uh, you know, I take a deep breath and just 
kind of remind myself, relax, keep going. But I, you know, I get caught up in the adrenaline rush. Um, when the when the gun goes off to start the race, I'm like, I, this this guy's not supposed to be past me. I know I know him. I know his pace. Uh, I need to be up here with him. Or, I, yeah, I I can't I can't let uh, somebody from another state pass me. Things like that. And then I remember the previous years that I've run. And when I'm at mile 20, 23, and I'm passing those guys, I'm like, oh, remember, you're going to catch him in the end. He's going to slow down. He's going out too fast. So I do that. Um, Now, the heat is kind of a, a different story. Lincoln has been really brutal the past few years. Well, you're not training in that here. You're training right, in exactly. A, and there's not much. It's the Great Plains. There's no shade. It's not like you yes. get this reprieve from, you know, trees or you know. It's just kind of an open course, is it not? Absolutely right. And it's it's the second half is wide open. There's no shade. At least in the first half, there are some trees. You, you're running through some neighborhoods, few and far between, but there is some shade. The second half is wide open. You're you're out on a street, and there there is no reprieve. So you're you're trying to drink water. You're trying to drink Gatorade. Trying to replace the electrolytes, the salt that's coming out of your system. And that's you know you just you try and plan the best you can. Um, but it's really tough when you go from fifty degrees here, and then. What did it start out on race day? It was like 76. It started lower, but I know it finished in the 70s, and I know that uh, it, it was it was at least that hot for the for the last 10 miles for most folks, depending on pace. Yeah, I, I want to say it, I want to say you told me it jumped 15, somewhere between like 15 and 20 degrees during the race. I, I think is what what you said, and and that was it. You know, it wasn't that it was too hot at the start. So sometimes you, you try and get the, some quick miles in to kind of bank some time. You, you never really bank time. Doesn't, doesn't matter what you do. So you try and bank that time early on. And then when you get to the later miles and you're kind of slowing down a little bit because of the heat and, and other things, you know, it's just, it kind of evens it out for your, for your race but you're also depleting energy, you know, and if you're not taking in your gels or whatever other nutrition you're taking, because I, I use uh, Moritan gels, but, you know, there's there's other people who use different things. Uh, I've fueled for races with gummy bears. Um, I've fueled uh, one Lincoln. I forgot my fuel completely, and I had to rely on whatever was on the course. I grabbed a handful of Jolly Ranchers from somebody, because uh, they had them out there, and uh, bananas, there was oranges, there was just all all different kind of things that I grabbed, and that actually ended up being one of my better races. Um, I, I want to say that one I ran like a 258. You're on the Algar team, and that enables you to now race in these sanctioned events all across the country, and you've participated in quite a few of them. Yeah, so I've I've done I, I I don't even I don't know the number, 
but uh, every every year I do races with the with the National Guard, uh, and think of me as a, pa- a a professional athlete. They pay me to go run races, right? So I've run the Air Force Half. Um, I've run the Marine Corps Marathon. Uh, I ran the Louisiana the half at the Louisiana Marathon, and funny enough, as that was the year after. Uh, Desi Linden won the Boston Marathon. She was at the start line of the half of the Louisiana Marathon, running the half. And, you know, I gave her a little fist bump at the start, and she said, good luck. You know, so. And then I ended up running a PR, you know, so. Personal record. It, yeah. yeah. That was that was a, a great one for me. Um, I've also done some, some longer stuff. It really kind of got me interested in, in running some longer stuff. I did a... 50k in Simsbury, Connecticut, that was on a rail trail, like a paved rail trail. It was a one mile out, one mile back, and I did a 50k there. So it was like 30 or 15 trips out and back. Uh, I, I wasn't ready for it. You know, that was one. Of, that was one of the early races with the team. Uh, but that that was a fun one. The 50 miler still holds a special place in my heart, uh, just because I really wanted to quit that day i mean i was having a i was having a tough day um i couldn't stay hydrated Um, i was having ankle problems and when i got to mile 40 i sat down at the the aid station there and they and i was just about ready to to quit and they said hey uh yeah we just we just took one of your guys back you know one of your guys just dropped right here and i was like oh no no, now I can't quit. I can't. I can't let this be the race that was too tough for the army, you know. So I, I finished that one. That was, that was one of my one of my proudest accomplishments. Um, I also came in third at the Central Florida Legends Marathon, which is the the first time I ever podiumed at a a marathon or ultra marathon. Uh, I did the. Stand Hope 60K in Idaho. That was the that was the mountainous one. Yeah, that was the one in Idaho, and it ended up that I got acute mountain sickness while I was racing. Um, I was really really dizzy, and I had a, a couple of friends, Mark Jones and Fern Ryder, came up behind me, uh, and they were like, "Hey, uh, you don't look so good." I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just, I'm a little dizzy. And they're the ones who recognized I had acute mountain sickness. They're like, yeah, we're going to stay with you for a little while. And I was like, no, I don't want to ruin your race. And uh, Mark had told me that he uh, he took a wrong turn at, at one point. And so he's like, ah, my race is over. I'm, I'm here. You know, I, I'm not going to let you get hurt. Let's, let's get down this thing together. So they stayed with me for, I don't know, the... 10 miles, 15 miles, something like that. They, I've, I've they seen pictures great. of that, and it's it's literally running up mountains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, there's switchbacks, and it's like, I don't want, I don't know if it's shale or what, but, it, like, it just slides off the, the side of the mountain. So, you know, a couple of wrong steps weren't good. It was in July, and there was snow on the on the mountain up there. So that that was pretty cool. Then there was um, the Defusky Island 
ultra marathon. It was a triple half marathon. And I was like, well, if I'm, if I'm going to Defusky Island during COVID, you know, this, this may be one of the, the last races I get to do this year. So, and, and that was in January of 21. I said, who, who knows what's going to happen with racing? So I'm going to, I'm going to get my money's worth here. I ran the triple half and I finished side by side with the winner. Uh, we kind of worked together and we just kind of looked at each other a little bit earlier in the race and said, Hey, listen, I'm not going to try and throw a move on you at the end. I'm just going to, we're just going to finish together and let the, let the chips fall where they may. That's considered bad form too, isn't it? When you run with someone and at the last second, you just kind of, no, that's racing. Ahead. That's racing, man. But we worked together so well and he, he went out a little further than I did. We took a, We both took a wrong turn. So we, we ended up, it was a triple half, 39.3 miles. We, I ended up running 40 miles and he ended up running just over 40 miles. So yeah, that's, those are the ones that I've done with the team, but you know, nothing, nothing compares to doing link Lincoln every year with your, your friends and they've all become family. You know, there's guys from Indiana that, that keep an eye on what we're doing. There's people from all over the country, you know, but um, there's a there's a guy from Indiana, Joe McFerrin, uh, Sergeant Major Joe McFerrin. He he calls me. He reaches out to me whenever he sees you know that I'm that I'm injured or hey uh, you know looks like you didn't you didn't run that much you know is everything okay is is everything going okay yeah hey just little little thing here and there but we all do the the same thing for each other. Uh, Bill Collins from Ohio is amazing he's always propping everybody up and you know saying hey hey look at what amazing things my my friends and family in this in this community are doing um and kenny rayner kenny rayner's an amazing amazing athlete um he was real close to going to the olympic trials uh, and unfortunately just a bad day you know uh and and he he didn't make it to the to the trials, but uh, he's hungry. He's gonna he's gonna go for it again. So, what is your personal record, and uh, um, what? And moreover, what are your goals moving forward, not only individually but with the team? So my my personal record uh, came in Omaha last year. So the with the National Guard Marathon team trials, they're in Lincoln every year. With COVID last year, uh, it was canceled in May. The, the Lincoln Marathon was canceled. We ended up doing the marathon trials in Omaha in September. And the course was a little long. Uh, I think I ended up getting 26.86 on my GPS, and others were getting 27 miles. Um, and, and that's just to tell you, like, I was in really good shape, and I was I was trying to run... Um, around 250. I ended up doing 251 and change, and that was a 624 pace um, because of the distance, you know, because of the little bit of extra distance. But it was 624 pace and 651 and change. When I when I looked at my watch when I crossed 26.2, I was at uh, two hours and 48 minutes and some change. So. I like to say that I went under 250, but I haven't officially gone under 250 yet. Uh, so that's a goal. And 
I, I honestly think it's probably going to take a fall marathon to do that. Just because so early in the year at Lincoln, it ends up that the heat plays a big part. You know, and so when you've been training in the heat all summer long, and then you do a fall marathon, for me, at least, I feel like it's easier to go into the from the heat into the cool rather than from the, the cool into the heat. Um, so that's, that's my goal for me is to kind of go sub 250. Uh, if I can do better, great. Um, but I, I'm, I'm happy right now with, uh, with my PR. So I don't have to chase anything more than that. Uh, I, I obviously want to continue to, to make the National Guard marathon team uh, represent New Hampshire. I do really, really want New Hampshire to be competitive, and I want us not just to be top three um, and, and win an award. I want New Hampshire to win the the marathon team trials. And part of that is going to probably include getting somehow, uh, and that's way over our pay grade, but the uh, funding squared away for the air side because we have some good uh, air runners who aren't participating right now. Uh, I think we have an ultra marathoner, for example, who might be a good addition. But you also have a team member who's still progressing fairly well, uh, Sergeant First Class Corey Kaza, who's coming along nicely. Yeah, Sergeant Kaza's been doing a really good job. He's He's been training really hard um, leading up to this past Lincoln, and he really wants to come out and make the, the national team. And I, I think that we can get him there. Um, we just we we've got to put in the work. Uh, I've got to I've got to put in the work for the training plan. He's got to put in the work to do the miles, um, but he absolutely can do it. And you know that's not just to say he's the only one that can do it. If you're out there and and you're interested in running marathons, I would love to hear from you. Um, if you're in the New Hampshire Army National Guard, I absolutely can uh, help you. I can I can write you a training training plan. Like I said, I'm a certified coach. So even if you you don't have to think that you can run a three-hour marathon, right? Um, it starts there. My first one was 428.35. So, I, you know, that was a 10-minute ten, ten pace. If you can run a 10-minute pace for 10 miles, come, come see me. If you're, if you're interested and you think you want to run marathons, absolutely come find me. Okay, so you can contact me. It's edward.l.clements.mil at mail.mil. Well, I wish you good luck in building the team. We certainly have the athletes out there. For example, we just had an 18.2-mile or 18.6-mile ruck march event. We had someone finish in like two hours and 45 minutes. That's just one example that comes to mind. We have some really fit soldiers and some really fit airmen out there uh, that I know you'd be happy to have on the team. Yeah, so I've talked to quite a few of them. Um, you know, the soldiers that have done those events, and there there's some interest in the team. You know, so I think that New Hampshire can be really competitive in the next five five years, and I think within the next seven eight years, we we could win the uh, the trials. So that's that's kind of my goal is in, before I before I retire that that we win the trials. That's I've, I've put it out there now. So now I've got to make it happen. 
First Sergeant Clements, Fast Eddie Clements, thanks for joining me today. All right. Thank you, Sergeant Johnson. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast.